What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. This is our holiday episode, man. Wow. Welcome to the show. Yeah, I didn't realize we were considering this a holiday episode, but it comes out Christmas Eve, so it is. I also can't believe, I mean, it, it's flown by. I can't believe we've done 70, this is our 77th episode. Yeah, yeah. Does it feel like that to you? No, it doesn't. Right? It, it, well, to be fair, it doesn't feel like the pandemic's ever ending. So it's just, it's just part of this whole, and we started it in the middle of the pandemic, you know, a year ago. Yeah. And it's just we've been it's just been the constant weekly thing we've been doing. So well, we try not to talk about it. Right. What I'm saying is if we stop the, the podcast, maybe the pandemic will finally. end. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> if that he happens, even coincidentally, I would feel bad about it. But we, we try to we try to stay away from it. We try not to have it as a topic of conversation. But right. like it just keeps coming back in the news. No, you, know? Know. you know, now it's right now it's Omicron. That's the that's the new guy. And it's and it's getting pretty bad here in New York. I mean, people have listened to the different waves of your show reopening and me going back on the road. And now it seems like things are closing down again here in New York. In New York. Now, yeah. now the, in Vegas, we haven't hit that. But yet. Um, yet. Broadway shows have started to close, yes? Yeah, mostly because a lot of the, uh, the just the actors in the cast have been getting it. I think there's safety concerns, too. Some clo- shows closed for good. I, I talked about, uh, you know, I went to see Jagged Little Pill, and I'm glad I did when I saw it when I did because that show is now just done. It's just wow. they shut down for COVID and they're not coming back. The NFL teams are, uh, I, I heard like whole teams, I, I guess, are getting it too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I, I don't know. I heard that like a week ago. So once I return back from the Vegas trip, which we'll touch upon in a bit here, the rest of that, um, I, I started doing Speakeasy Magic. And because things were getting so bad, Speakeasy Magic has now added um you know they they're trying to keep it going because it is like a sort of a smaller privately exclusive event but for everyone's safety they started testing all the magicians prior to the show with rapid tests so they have someone on site backstage testing everyone so we get there early now because there's like you know sometimes there's 12 tables so there's 12 magicians that need to be tested and right. once we get our little negative results card back then we're free to go and do the show not exactly sure what the policy is if someone tested positive, but it hasn't happened the couple right. shows that I've been there. And then they're I think they're gonna keep it try and keep it going until uh New Year's because the McKittrick Hotel has these big New Year's of New Year's events. But the thing that I heard they're adding is they're also probably gonna be testing the audience as well. And I think that's new and different, and I'm for it just to make sure that everyone's safe. Absolutely. Uh, but aren't we just ready for this all to be over? Yes, we are. It is. Right? It's I mean, just it's just... Different waves trying to manage this. I mean, I know a lot of gigs that have been changing to virtual, you know, coming up. And, you know, it's just everyone's kind of... It feels like almost it's a year ago now when things were at its worst and people didn't know what to be doing. And now we're back in that same boat. And, like, you know, luckily I got through most of my holiday season with unaffected by now and then you know these shows 
aren't all canceled completely. And now we have these tools at our disposal to know we can switch to a virtual show if need be. You know, so. I, I've stayed away from the news. I really have. Yeah. But, I mean, I still can't avoid hearing that it's all kind of coming back. I'm, right. I'm vaxxed. I'm boosted. Yep. My parents are coming into town. They're both boosted as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, they're coming in. They get in tomorrow, which is exciting for the holidays. Nice. But like I was on the phone with them yesterday and they asked me, they're like, should you know, should we or can we watch your show from up in the um, we have like a loft. It's it's not ticketed. It's 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 just a loft uh, at the top of the theater, kind of up near where the stage managers call the show and where yeah. the spotlights are operated from. And we used to do pre-COVID meet and greets up there, but mm-hmm. not actual seating for the show because it's a little bit disconnected. Um, it's not like a balcony. It's even sort of further disconnected than that. But they asked, you know, should we sit up there so we're not just right. kind of. You know, if we're at the show every night, that's a lot of people to be around. And I mm-hmm. said, look, it's it's totally up to you, whatever you're comfortable with, you know? Yeah, I've definitely watched the show from there plenty of times as well. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like almost feels like your own private, like, box seats. <laughs> it is. It's yeah. like a box seat. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but, yeah, I wouldn't blame them because, I again, everyone's kind of touch and go and, and things are changing here and there. And, uh, you know, everyone's kind of playing it by ear. So, you know, to avoid as much exposure with other people until everyone gets a handle on this. There's a lot of Broadway issues going on. I mean, COVID related. Yeah. It seems like there's a bunch of shows that are either closing for a few performances or again, ending whole runs or. I'd like to know what's going on with Doubtfire. Uh, I think that's still going. I still get little app updates every day of like rush tickets available. So I do have to see it eventually. What's a rush ticket, like a day of ticket or something? Yeah. Like a little cheaper ticket you can get the day of, but. uh, Oh, that's cool. I'm not going to be actively seeing as many shows until after the holidays because I got family I want to see and I don't want to risk, you know, anything. Getting getting it here in New York, we're just running rampant. Like, I know so many of my f- comedy friends that have gotten it because they did shows around in bars or whatever, you know, events and just like it was going around the comedy community. So I've been kind of just sticking to my own, you know, own personal space. You know, after I did all my traveling, <laughs> right? It's, uh, I was afraid because of all this traveling I did, I I was gonna get it, but uh, you know, I've tested negative so far, uh, and I'm just you know trying to stay safe until I see family. Then after family, I think I might you know go out, depending on the climate and how it is out there, try and see some more shows that that I'm not putting anyone else at, at risk. Right. Other than right. Myself. Yeah. We'll I mean, see. I. I... I've done everything I can do at this point. You right. know what I mean? I've done the, the vaccination, the mm-hmm. boosting, the masking. Yeah. I'm just not sure what else I can do to, you know, I kind of just have to move forward here. And I think some of it too is people are just, it's almost like what, two years now, people are getting more complicit. They think the vaccine was an end all be all savior. So they're not, you know, doing the necessary precautions of like washing your hands as often as you should. And I, I mm-hmm. think that's just a good reminder to to stay vigilant on that stuff, even though we tend to forget and just be like, all right, we're done. We want this to be over. <laughs> hey, hey, pro tip for the, the sleight of hand artists out there. Uh, mm-hmm. With all the sanitizer in particular, you get dried out. The hands yeah. get dry. Yes. Do you have a solution and to this? I do. Oh, I don't know this. Oh, really? No. It's uh, I got it from Johnny Thompson. I use the exact brand that uh, he used to let me use at his house. It's just a little green tube. You can get it from any you know convenience store, I believe, like CVS, Walgreens, that sort of thing, called Working Hands. Working Hands? Yeah, I believe it's called Working Hands. That's, 
what is this product? It's a, a moisturizer of sorts for, uh, but it's not like a slippery moisturizer. So I hesitate to even call it that because it's not like a lotion, mm-hmm. um, but it just makes it a lot. You put like a little dab the size, like smaller than a pea on your hands and it will uh, give you like 45 minutes at least of uh, nice hydration in the hands. Wow, this is a pro tip right here for those uh, straight from, you know, the legend himself, Johnny Thompson. Well, straight from just me, but indirectly right. from Johnny Thompson. Exactly. <laughs> right, not straight from. <laughs> but through you, a tip from yeah. the legend. That's pretty, uh, that's crazy. Now, talk about like why, you know, that's important, especially for card work. Like just the the tactile feel. It helps with slights. Cards aren't slipping. What's the deal here? I think everyone has their own sort of uh, level of of moisture or dryness they want in their hands for certain things. Like sometimes dry hands are good uh, for certain work, whether it be card work or coin work or what. Um, I handle cards differently in Florida versus Vegas because the the humidity affects the cards differently. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really just about adjusting to your natural environment. But if my hands are super dry, um, you know, doing things like that are dexterous, like uh, card manipulation and things like that, you won't, I, I, I have trouble. So gotcha. that's why, especially in Vegas, they, it's really dry here. So I use the working hands to, uh, to, to keep it, to keep it in, in good shape. Now, just by the name, I'm assuming this product is for people who do like actual, like manual labor and have like real bad, like callousy working hands. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, yeah, like if you've developed calluses on your fingers from guitar even, it's probably good for like that. And I'm just thinking by comparison and how soft and doughy my hands are. <laughs> like, <laughs> soft and doughy. It just feels like I probably haven't done a day of physical labor in my life. So I've been judged. Work, I, I, working it, hands would be good for these soft it, hands. They, they. I think it helps no matter what your hands okay. are. That's what I think. But I've been... Like it's been referenced multiple times in my life by men and women, like through a handshake or what have you pre COVID. (laughs) Um, Right, right, right. Like, Oh wow. Your hands are soft. And like, sometimes it's like that. Like I just did it in a complimentary way, but maybe even more often than not, I feel like I'm being judged. It's just a judgy tone. Like, Oh yeah. Nice soft hands. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh, your hands are like really soft. And like, they're looking at me funny. Well, we can both agree that because of the pandemic, we can thank the fact that we don't have to shake hands as often just to avoid that awkwardness. (laughs) Yeah, but like, I'm not ashamed of it. I work with my hands. It's like, I I need to have, Mm -hmm. I need to take care of my hands. I can't be, you know, shoveling in the coal mines and do what I, or maybe I can. I don't know. Maybe it's just an excuse. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But like, honestly, I'm very, very careful with my hands. Like, yeah. Well, you can I'm get a, a little embarrassed about like be out of a work for a week. We were pulling in the driveway last night and like Tiana saw a neighbor moving an appliance, like a dryer, and mm-hmm. they were like having trouble with it. And she's like, should we go help them with the dryer? And I was like, first of all, <laughs> I didn't even see the dryer in all fairness. I didn't see any humans. I'm focused. Uh-huh. I'm moving on to what I'm doing. I'm pulling in the driveway. I'm backing in. Um, you know, uh, doing the whole thing with the the garage, blah blah blah. I'm already in the garage, and she says she she's in the passenger seat. She says, "Should we go help with that dryer?" And I was like, "I, I, so I'm not being like selfish in my mind, but like, no. What if I hurt my wrist? What if yeah. I, you know, I can't, right? Yeah, 
Yeah. If was that the wrong move? I mean, I don't know if that's a story you would tell on this podcast. I just did. No, I know. <laughs> well, put it this way. If they said, you know, they're putting up Christmas lights and they need someone to come look at it and decide <laughs> if they want to do this, this, or this. Sure. I feel like I could give like a reasonable yeah. uh, judgment as to which looks better from, you know, with a creative eye. Right? Yeah. You could do that, but like once you're like, oh no, my livelihood is at the line because it could injure my hands. Like I feel like you should just walk around with some sort of mittens, like to protect <laughs> them the whole time, so you have a physical and visual excuse the entire time. Or do you know like um like some of these you know actors insure different parts of their bodies, you know these yes. models or whatever. Have you ever yes. thought about doing that for your hands? I've already do done show? it. You've already insured your hands. Yeah. What? I, how did I not know this? Yeah, this is already done. What is the process of insuring your hands? Well, like? it's all just a publicity line when people uh-huh. say like, oh, like uh, this guitar player's pinky is insured for this much. It's not literally that. They just yeah. have injury liability insurance, sure. so to speak. Yeah. So like, you know, sometimes that information, whether it's accurate or not, could be public as to like how much that uh, insurance is. And then like people will divide it out Mm-hmm. And be like, oh, that's X amount per finger or whatever. But like, really, it's not specific to their hands. Same thing with athletes and everything else. So that's all kind of, it's a little bit jive, if you will. I think you should advertise this in your show. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> um, but also, just in case I sounded like a jerk for not wanting to help move appliances, <laughs> which is like my least favorite thing I would ever want to do ever anyways. But yeah. like, it doesn't mean I'm a jerk. It means my wife is just really that nice. No, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Right? Like who just is driving in, pulling into their own driveway in a rush, mind you, mm-hmm. and thinking like, oh, should we go help? Move right. the dr- That's like being like, oh, you're moving. Do you need us to all come help you move? Like no one wants no to make one wants that to offer. move. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, like. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I kind of like the mittens idea, and yeah. Uh, yeah, working hands. That's the answer. That's great. That's great. Uh, I mm-hmm. should tell you about the rest of last time we talked. I was in Vegas. Yep, you were yeah. here. Oh, yep. We, and you've been back home for a while now. It does feel like forever since we've feels done like this. Forever. Yeah, because yeah. we only got to meet up for a couple of days because I was running around town and you had other Dude, stuff. Dude, I feel to so do. bad. Like I feel like I was super busy while you were no, here too. I was here for a gig. I wasn't expecting you like to no, drop I know. everything it's like, at all. It was good to see you when I was able to, you know? No, it's crazy. Like I've only gotten busier since then. <laughs> oh, you know funny. what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, you yeah. were here, it was kind of crazy, but like it's mm-hmm. only gotten crazier. But once uh once we get past New Year's, it'll come back down. Just yeah. with just sort of all the extracurricular. So I saw a bunch of shows. Um we gotta have a theme song for, for Diddleman's <laughs> reviews because you every time we come on, you go well, I've seen a bunch of shows, and I think we just need a segment of Diddleman's reviews. All right, brother. So we can if, embrace it. If you know? you're listening, we might need to add another jingle. What I do? <laughs> <laughs> Some show reviews, but I don't. I don't even call these reviews because I'm just like telling you what shows I saw. A little bit of a review, but uh, went went over to Bally's. There's a new magic show in town. Uh, Feral Dylan. It's a, uh, and Farrell's a friend. I love Farrell's yeah. material. I, I love his style and approach to magic. Farrell and I think of first officially met back when I did the Magic Castle. He was All in, right. Uh, I don't mean to one-up you, but I think palace. we go back to the teen years. 
Okay, I, it wasn't a competition. <laughs> the Hankley's Magic Factory Cape Cod Conclave Conquest Convention. I must have been 13. Wow. He was one of the cool kids, so like I didn't know him that well because he came in from Chicago, and he was like, you know, 16 <laughs> or 17. And uh, I, I do remember him being there. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. He was very nice when we, you know, hung out at the Magic Castle. He was in like the palace. I was in the parlor. Uh, and then uh, we just kind of stayed in touch. So he opened a new show, brand new show at uh, the Bally's. It's they call it the Magic Attic. So yeah, have, I think there's a bunch of magic shows in there periodically. Yeah, there's like a, the the paranormalist Frederick De Silva's in that same room. It's just like a small little like like uh, I don't know what it is. It's a it's a small smaller venue. It's kind of like a loungy feel to it. Well, I think you said you felt like, you know, you could really work that room when you were in there. Sometimes you walk in a theater and you feel like, oh, I could really work this room. Didn't you say that about this one? Yeah, it has like a comedy club vibe to it because, again, everyone's real close to the stage. It's kind of small, intimate uh, theater to it and uh and Farrell uses it he he gets a lot of people up on stage he goes into the crowd it, it was a lot of fun he, he did a really good job so check it out once you see Matt's show go over and see Farrell's show no absolutely <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. like I said Farrell's a friend um mm-hmm. I, th- I must have uh, last time I because I've seen him in Vegas he's been in and out of some shows here as, as a, a guest act but also I, I guess we got together or he came to my show when I played in his hometown in Idaho Idaho. Yeah, I think he's from Idaho. Yeah. Yes, in Idaho. And um, that was a while back. I think it was like the Egyptian theater or something like that. Anyway, oh, um, it was good to see him, his wife and his son there, too. And uh, I look forward to seeing seeing mm-hmm. him here in Vegas as well. I look forward to getting together soon. Um, but you, that is the room I'm thinking of, right? Where you walked in and said, oh, I feel like I could work that room. Like yeah. You, like, in so. other words, like you feel like you could, you know, do a good show there. Well, it wasn't like, oh, I see Farrell on stage. Let me do it now. No, 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 no. <laughs> but, but like I go to concerts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go to shows all the time where like sometimes you walk into a room, whether you're performing or not and like Mm -hmm. a room will feel carnivorous yeah in other words like intimidating like wow this is like Mm -hmm. a really um sometimes theaters are like so luxurious where it feels like my style almost doesn't fit it right 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 right. um i know the first time i walked into link i felt like i feel like i could do a show here tonight nice yeah you know like i I felt that immediately which Mm -hmm. is probably one of the reasons i chose that room as opposed to other ones i had seen in vegas but um yeah so that's just just interesting i don't remember whether or not i've seen the room the attic room and i certainly haven't seen it since it's changed to the attic yeah they rebranded it as the magic attic but if Mm -hmm. i'm not mistaken i believe that's also where they did the 50 shades parody and that's really what i was talking about i feel like i would be at home on that stage because of that <laughs> yeah well you could be in that right yeah <laughs> i've never even seen the real no. 50 shades that was a book or a movie or both both good job yeah well done yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a parody apparently yeah, and a parody uh mm-hmm. and then the surreal moment that i got to see was i went to the agt live show over at the luxor mm-hmm. that was fascinating the whole experience from start to finish uh, I got to even run into um, recent winner Dustin Tavella, who was just like saying hello to folks in the uh, in the lobby area. I don't know if they just caught him in between. Now, didn't you shows. say this was like an accidental meet and greet? Like, like it might you have thought been. he went out there to do that, <laughs> and then like and then, that wasn't the, you just had, were in the Luxor. That wasn't after the show. You were just there, and then after you saw the show, 
Like, he wasn't there. Right. He didn't stay for a meet and greet after the... I went to the late show, and he was there was no meet and greet after. I'm pretty so, sure so, some people just saw him in between shows, like, grabbing a sandwich or something, and he's such a nice guy, he just let a line form and just... Quote, unquote, some people, a.k.a. you stopped him on no, his way to the bathroom. No. I did that whole thing of waiting to the end to talk to him as he went into the show. Oh, that's great. He was very no, nice. Um, very nice. Ahead, he said sorry. nice things about your show because he had just seen your show recently oh, as yeah. well, right? So it was it was good to connect very briefly as he went to go prepare for. I went to the later nine thirty show, mm-hmm. and there's a whole experience. To this you haven't seen it yet. I know you're no, I mean I've heard a ton about mm-hmm. it. So the guy who did that set design that you're about to talk about um, mm-hmm. is a is a friend of mine. You know, worked on my show as well, and you know helped with. Uh, he's been at AGT since I was there. Yeah. So I'm up to speed on kind of what it looks like, but I haven't seen it in person. Right, right. So it starts because of this like, long hallway that leads to the theater. So you can like go and take a photo behind the judge's desk. You can hit the golden buzzer, get a photo opportunity like that. And uh, I think that might be like there might be a VIP package to actually do that. <laughs> there so is. There I, is. Yes. I didn't I didn't necessarily pay for that, but I was like, that would be my one chance to get a golden buzzer since it didn't even exist <laughs> on my season. Yeah. And then they have you walk a red carpet and they're doing little photos of you where you can go and download the pictures later and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, and I was like, this is surreal because I literally did this red carpet, <laughs> you know, when I did the show. Uh, and they had like all these AGT signs you could take photos with. Uh, and then what I liked is uh, leading up to the hallway, they have like video monitors of all the past acts who've won. So I was like, there you are, Matt. Did you know you're in the AGT live show? I Well, sort of, is that in, in the show that's in the lobby or something? In right? the hallway, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I've heard that my face is plastered in various places, <laughs> but... um. Uh, I may have even seen a photo or something, but I didn't know they were like running video as well. They're definitely showing clips in the like the bar area of other acts as well. They're very much advertising a lot of the other shows that are just on the strip that you can awesome. go see. Yeah, so free advertising <laughs> for you. Uh, and then the show was yeah very fun. I mean a variety of acts. Uh, some of the acts that I was expecting in there, I think just hit, were off that weekend, so they had like kind of substitute acts in. Uh, but got to see, you know, uh, comedy and danger and acrobats and Cody Lee brought down the house. Uh, yeah. And uh, and some magic as well. well so Cody great. Lee's video package is the, the best video package work AGT's ever done, right? I mean, it's just so well done. Yeah. And he does two pieces and it's just him spotlit at a piano and there's this cool lighting stuff going on behind him with like shining lights through like little spot like 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 little holes punctured punctured into a wall that's creating this like beam effect it was really 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 cool so uh kudos to your lighting guy <laughs> I <Yeah>. will say. <laughs> um, it's, it's just amazing and there's projections covering the whole stage it really envelops you into the whole experience so uh, I definitely recommend it. Check it out. It is uh, it is quite the show. I can't wait to see it at some point. The production value alone is just stunning. It feels. Let me like ask you this: Did watching... it feel like you were yeah watching the TV show? That's what I heard that it felt yeah. like. It feels like it's the same level of expense that you're seeing from the production of the TV show, just mm-hmm. put into the live stage show. Yeah. Yeah, those folks really know how to do it, huh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. 
you know what's interesting about a show like that? I guess this goes for any variety show. Um, and maybe you have more experience with this than I do, but like, it's interesting to imagine because there are there are actually quite a few acts in the show that you get to see, from what right. I understand. So like, like you said, Cody Lee did two songs or something, which is mm-hmm. not a huge long set. No, I I want to feel like each act did like eight to ten minutes. Some did fifteen, depending on the act. But yeah, they, that that's usually they're closer to seven to ten. Yeah, in this yeah. show, so uh, that's interesting to imagine. You know, um, going in doing seven minutes and then like waiting two hours and or two and a half hours and then doing seven minutes again right to back-to-back shows right yeah because 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 there's the wait time so far exceeds the mm-hmm. performance time yeah I'll, I'll bring that up uh because i've been waiting a lot for a lot of these corporate <laughs> corporate gigs i've been doing too but you're still at the end of the day doing your show i'm doing my show yeah yeah you know but like you know you you've done lots of different shows where you're doing spots where right. like honestly mm-hmm. i always feel like that's not my comfort zone i always feel like i'm better in long form because i'm so much more used to it over the years not just in vegas but like since i was young well there's a difference in you know just quote turning it on to perform your spot and then having to like come down from that and then gearing up again like that whole shift of energy is a big change that you don't have to necessarily do if you're doing a full hour show and you don't have to have that gear shift in the middle you know well, what I mean? for me for me like i get in my head it's hard to tell yeah turning it on turning off for me isn't necessarily at least not consciously the problem but mm-hmm. telling a full story in that short amount of time and also like whether or not it's going to be complementary to everything else in the show right you're sort of relying on it's just difficult well that's me. why you have directors and stuff i think the hardest part is when they sub in acts like uh preacher lawson normally host the show and he wasn't in as the comedian when I saw it they had Vicky Barbalak I think her name is who was also on the show and was a popular comedian but they just kind of had a new graphic they put her up so she wasn't in any of the like larger video packages that they pre you know filmed that are part of the like the larger quote storyline of the show and you Mm -hmm. see like Preacher and a couple other acts that weren't in and you're like oh it's very obvious that they should be in the show based on these video packages. But um, I feel like it could be more modular in that way. But I think it's it's tough when you're a sub and you have to come in and you just kind of pick up the energy as if you were always part of the show. It's like having an understudy or a swing or that kind of thing uh, when it comes to like live theater as well. It's like it's the audience shouldn't know the difference that right. you know, the show's any different for them. Well, I guess you bring up a good point. The host really should be – so he. Here, here's what I'm saying too. So, mm-hmm. like in my show, let's say something crazy happens, like a dog is in the crowd and barks, and this whole I'm just making this up, but like this whole crazy thing with the dog happens. Oh, the night with the dog. Like, let's be honest, that's Tiana be brought that dog in your show. You know, <laughs> we have service dogs and stuff in yeah, the yeah. audience many times. Of course. Um, but let's say like that there was like a night where like there was an. I actually had a dog brought on stage once. Amazing. Not realizing the person had the dog with yeah, them. That's great. You know, a big dog. Anyway, so like let's say it's something like that. I'm gonna make maybe reference back to that because mm, it was special right. for that night and there might mm-hmm. be callbacks later in the show. And I guess that's kind of a host job, assuming they're watching the whole show. But like if you're an act that's you know, three quarters of the way through or closing the show or whatever, like you're not really expected to watch the whole thing. Right. You might have a monitor in your dressing room, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Um, and then you go out and mostly you just go out and do your bit. So like, that's weird for me to like 
go out and do my bit without really feeling like I understand everything else the audience experienced. Yeah, you're kind of isolated in a way with your own act, which is why, you know, my act is very reliant on improv and like callbacks and being in the moment. So oftentimes when I'm on these variety shows, I'll try and watch everything that leads up to it so I can call back to something that happened earlier or if, you know, I'm, I'm planning on maybe scoping out and using a cer- certain person for an effect or whatever. Again, not set up or stooge, but I'm like, oh, this person might be good. Maybe I'll bring them on. I'm also watching other acts if they use that person earlier mm-hmm, in the show, mm-hmm, too, because mm-hmm. you just want to you don't you want to have a variety. You don't want to use the same people over and over again. So there's right. lots of elements of why. you. Oh, watch. yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of lessons from trying variety shows and getting a sense of how your act kind of fits in. But sometimes in those cases, like the AGT live show, you just really got to trust the director and their vision. As yeah, well, the, the, the thing is, the director's not there to see mm-hmm. um, the things that are happening. Just like, like I said, just yeah. a happenstance that you might want to bring, right. you know, make a moment. But, um, you know, full production shows are... Mm-hmm. are less sort of um, driven by the audience. Yeah. I want to tell you about my corporate gig, but I first, and we got to do a uh, riddle suit, but I want to tell you about one other show I saw mm-hmm. while I was in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matt, I went and saw the master illusionist himself, Mr. David Copperfield. I'm aware. And, uh, this and you was didn't a, leave to pee in the middle of it. So I'm proud of you. Big moment. I actually saw, (laughs) yes, I finally saw for the first time, what, seven years later, something like that, (laughs) the giant spaceship that's in his show that just Mm -hmm. appears above the audience. Mm -hmm. And wow, it is, it is amazing. (laughs) It is stunning. Yep. Yep. It almost hit me in the head and then it flew (laughs) off. (laughs) It floats higher than that. But that was a full circle from the famous, if you haven't heard my David Copperfield get missing the UFO story, I think that's on a previous episode. Yeah, go back to episode 16. You know it precisely, the number? You haven't, you don't remember which ones are which? <laughs> You're no, I have no idea. Lying. I cannot vouch for what the heck episode 16 is. <laughs> if it is 16, that would be incredible. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> we got to check. <laughs> So finally, full circle, got to see David Copperfield. It was interesting. He is the the show's a little shorter just because I guess from COVID, you know, and changing things up during the pandemic. Uh, so there's a couple bits that were not that I don't remember, but uh, yeah, he is still doing these giant set pieces and huge illusions and giant things appearing. It's it's incredible. It's a definitely a different vibe than any other Vegas show. Well, it's intimate, too. It's funny you call Mm -hmm. it giant, but it also feels intimate, which is, uh, you know, he used to actually call it an intimate evening of Grand Illusion, uh, which is is actually an accurate description. Yeah, but it's that Grand Illusion thing that's no one's really doing huge illusions in Vegas, right? No, no. Hans Clock was here. Hans Clock, yeah. That was, uh, but that, you know, that that finished either during the pandemic or just before or whatever. Right, right, right. So. There yeah, so DC. Legend, legend, and I finally mm-hmm. saw the spaceship. So uh, I, I can't wait to tell you a little bit about this corporate event I did, but first, let's change gears and do a little diddle me this. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles! Here's your riddle for today, Matt. What do you throw out when you want to use it? And take in when you don't want to use it. You throw I, out when you want to use it? 
and take in when you don't want to use it. I really hope we haven't done this one. I don't think we have. No, it doesn't sound familiar. Take in when you don't want to use it. Take in. I wonder if it's a physical thing or if it's like um, abstract, like, for example, advice. Obviously, that's not the Mm -hmm. answer, but that would be like a non-tangible. I I always throw out advice when I want to use it. (laughs) (laughs) You throw it out when you want to use it. Mm -hmm. Hmm. You throw it out when you want to use it. I like that your riddling instincts these days are to be like, oh, it could be <laughs> physical or right. intangible. I like that thinking. Um, yeah. I, I'm not going to tell you which what direction to go, <laughs> but it, it is one of those two options. You throw it out when you want to use it. What do you throw out to use? And then you take it in when you don't want to use it? Yeah. What would I take in that I don't want to use? Mm-hmm taken other than you know the pandemic and the virus yeah i feel like i've run out of time i'm not sure you've run out of time yeah Uh, i mean i don't want to milk this too long here but i don't know yeah all right i'm gonna give you this then i don't have a um uh a good hint on this one because it's okay it's pretty straightforward but you just gotta i guess the 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 word play here is on the word throw out so it's not like throwing away like garbage Mm -hmm. but it's literally like throwing out like you throw it out somewhere like not throwing it away but you toss it out. yeah i thought of tossing like i thought yeah. of like a football or a baseball but mm-hmm. i couldn't connect any dots there and then you take it in you're literally like pulling it back or in when you don't want to use it a boomerang, uh, a boomerang oh i got it i got own. it it's a toy right uh it could be a toy maybe a what yo-yo um, throw it out when you you're kind no, of still using it, it when you throw it out. Yeah, right? no, that's not it. Uh, I'll give you it's it's uh related to a certain type of vehicle. I don't know. A and bike? It's not a land vehicle. <laughs> no, I'm just guessing. Oh, uh, a paper airplane. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a sky vehicle either. Oh, it's a kite, ain't it? That would be a sky vehicle. Oh, not a sky vehicle. <laughs> not sky. Not land. Not just air, give me land. another buzzer. <laughs> uh, is there a vehicle on the sea that might have something that? You... Oh, it's a boat. Yeah, but what? Oh, what part okay. of a boat? The sailboat. Uh, if you throw it out when you want to use it, and you take it in when you don't want to use it, how do you make boats stay where they go? Oh, like an anchor. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, you throw out the anchor when you want to use it, and then you yep. pull it back in. Yeah, it works, right? Yeah, no, it works. All right. Never would have gotten that. Diddle me. Oh, that was two at once. Wow. <laughs> I hit if you edit that part. out, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> I'm ready to edit it out. Here Don't we go. edit it out. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready. Time to use his wit. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Trivia, pressure, trivia. It's, I'm gonna, it's because my hand slipped because I wasn't using working hands. I mean, it's exactly why. <laughs> and I'm going to make it so hard for you to edit out because I'm going to keep referencing that glitch for the entirety of this episode. I but now I, I know you're not going to edit it out because you liked your working hands joke. So. Yeah, that might be the episode <laughs> title now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I'm going to give you a little music slash movie. Okay. Here. One question, though. All right. Let's do it. 
Which classic rock album is sometimes said to be the soundtrack to The Wizard of Oz? Well, it's not the soundtrack to The Wizard of Oz. It's just you can sync it up with The Wizard of Oz. And that would be Dark Side of the Moon, Pink Floyd. Was that a this? Okay. That yes. Just didn't really come through from your app. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just one of those things. Uh, they call it the dark side of the rainbow, I believe, and you pair it up and you sync it at a certain time, and then theoretically, the um, the uh, the the soundtrack of the the music lines up with certain parts of the movie visually. But I think you kind of still have to stretch a bit, and it helps, I think, if you're on certain substances, which I think you is are where that happens. Crushing, happened. you are crushing the trivia. <laughs> Didn't even give you the choices. You've been doing really, really well on the trivia. That's a pretty well-known pop culture thing, though. I feel now that you're saying it, I remember it, but I <laughs> wouldn't have known when I looked at the question myself. Right. So. And no choices. I'll always take a good question. That and but you also choices. like went into a monologue explaining it for people. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like I couldn't have done that without preparing. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Most people can't just go into monologues about trivia they didn't know they were being asked. Hey, so. it, uh, as a mentalist, I need to know a lot of things to reference yeah. a lot of things because you never are, know what's going to come up. Are you a guy just not to go too far on a tangent here? But are you a guy who like watches Christmas movies because it's around Christmas time? You know what? I haven't even watched a single Christmas film yet. I watched three season. last night. Three. Last three. night. Yeah, well, Tiana, like, the Christmas music starts immediately after Thanksgiving. She would yeah. start it sooner if she could. And Christmas movies are just constantly on, uh, on their playing all day at my house. I'll probably so. watch my favorite Christmas movie, Die Hard, at some point. Okay, I've never seen that one. <laughs> that's not really a Christmas movie. I it's know that's a, like a joke people it's say. A, no, it's a Christmas movie. And, okay. uh, and uh, what, what Christmas movie is your favorite Christmas movie? Oh, I don't do favorites. I don't know that oh. I have a favorite. You just but... put want what's ever on? No, I like to choose ones I haven't seen. So mm -hmm. I watched one called Merry Friggin' Christmas, which had Robin Williams and Josh McHale. Joel McHale? That... Joel McHale. Okay. <laughs> I was like trying to figure out what... I'm deciphering Matt's uh, actors. Yeah. Uh, ready for this? So under the it's called Mistletoe Mix Up on Amazon Prime. I watched, which was. Do you know who's in this? This feels like these are just like Hallmark movies you're finding at this point. I've never heard. Yeah, of what's wrong any with that? No, that's Mistletoe fine. Mix Up. And it was straight to Amazon Prime, directed by Andy Lawrence, starring Matt and Joey Lawrence. Do you know them? <laughs> this would not be a movie I watched, but I know who. Yes, the Lawrence brothers are. You know the Lawrence brothers, yeah. right? And Andy directed it, so it was a whole family affair. Plus, their mother was in it, so that was cool. Wow. Uh, Fred Claus. <laughs> I know Fred Claus. Yeah. Yeah. I've now I'm naming one. the popular ones. Yeah. But uh, let's see. And what it was it? Four Christmases. Sure. Yeah. Home Alones. That's good. Those are both good. No, I watched the third one as well. There's a new one coming out too, right? Watch there, the new one with uh, the British kid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, What else? I watched one more. What was it? Not Elf, which I also watched. That is a great one. That's one of my favorites for sure. Yeah, that's a good one. Fred Claus is good too, though. Are there any magic uh, Christmas movies? Like, obviously, there's a the magic of Christmas, and that's a theme in all of these, right? But is there any like actual like magic about a magician in the magic of Christmas, or is this a market that we need to fill? Like, do we need to write a magic Christmas movie? I think we need to write it. Okay, we'll yeah. get on that. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> anyway, so much for not doing a tangent, but I've been watching a lot of Christmas movies. Wow, that's good. Good. Yeah. So, uh, uh, <laughs> that's that's fantastic. I did a um Christmas party, Christmas holiday party. Well, Is this the one Vegas. that you wanted to mention that you were waiting? So here's here's the story I want to tell you. So this was for it was kind of a company kind of holiday uh, part of a convention, but it was for orthopedic surgeons. Mm-hmm. And to get in their bubble, I had to do testing. I had to do PCR tests before I got there. This is in Vegas. Test. This was the one in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and they w- the reason I was in town, and they had me do uh you know a forty five minute show in a very you know limited space in a restaurant because all the people at the end of the convention got together together for their meal, and the show went great. It was a lot of fun. Uh, what I didn't expect earlier. Was while I was getting my rapid test, uh, my contact who was putting on the whole convention brought me around to show me, you know, the trade show floor where all these, you know, medical devices and that show their wares are at. They brought me in the lecture where the lecturers were showing very graphic imagery of like knee replacements and stuff. I was like, ugh, I didn't want to really see that stuff. And then he brought me into this room called the lab. Now, mind you, this is just a convention center with, you know, the standard dividing walls and yep. everything ballroom. like that. Yeah, like a ballroomy type of thing or just a convention center Not space. a convention center. Wasn't this at Bellagio? Yeah, but they have a convention center area. Okay, gotcha. Of the Bellagio. So there's okay. a dividing wall, and it's called the lab. And I go around this other partition in the little lab area, and there's four surgeons in scrubs, and they're operating... On a cadaver mat. I did not expect to see a dead body <laughs> right before I was going to be performing. A in cadaver? The I thought you meant a, I thought that meant like a dog, like a cadaver dog. That's someone who sniffs. That's a dog that sniffs for dead bodies for like police So work. there was literally a body? What are you talking about? That was, <laughs> Were you at the bodies exhibit? No, this isn't. This is separate from the bodies exhibit, which is a thing in Vegas where they have literally like, you know, preserved dead bodies doing all those weird uh, poses so you can see how the anatomy works. But no, this is, you know, surgeons and medical students. They operate on actual dead bodies, cadavers. In order to uh, like learn for teaching purposes, and you know, so they're not you know making mistakes on you know real people, so they got to practice somewhere. And I guess it was all cleared. I'm sure there was tons of paperwork to get it all done, but it was a convention, and it was just part of the convention. It was a la- the lab area where they had literal cadavers. I didn't. Did see you have whole- a hard time getting a reaction from the bodies when you were performing? <laughs> I didn't perform to the cadavers. Oh, I don't know. That's what you made it sound like. You're like, they brought me into the performance space, and they were all cadavers. Oh, the performance space was in the restaurant, which was separate, very far away. The food and the cadavers were not near each other. (laughs) But I was just shocked. I did not know. And I was just thinking the whole time, I was like, why is he showing me? I know we have to, like, kill 10 minutes for my rapid test, but, like, is this a sign? Was he just like, hey, man, the show better go well tonight, or it's the table for you? (laughs) If if you had invited if you had invited me to this gig and I had walked in on this, I would have been like, "Wow, I've seen you kill, but never like this." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm used to just getting no reaction from an audience, <laughs> <laughs> but this takes it to another level. No, it was so there might have been cadavers in the audience, and you just didn't know. You just thought, "No, this seems about right." Yeah, they were just weekend at burning all these different. <laughs> Not getting the reference, but yeah, yeah. our listeners will. Don't worry, I had a feeling (laughs) you wouldn't, Matt. 
<laughs> so that was crazy. That's a story I've never. I had no idea. I would never have. How close did a, you get? I was not that close. I was a okay. few feet away, though. Like I turn a corner and just body. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it was covered, so they were only operating on like the knee area, but so that was the only part sticking out. But I was just like, mm-hmm. "Is that what I think it is?" But they don't smell. No, I think they're, they're preserved, preserved in some way. Yeah, they gotta okay. be. Yeah. Wow. I just that's that an interesting, uh, interesting tale from a corporate gig that I have never heard before. I know. You think you've seen it all. <laughs> you think you'd seen it all. I know. Gosh, I did some corporates this week too, but I don't think I have anything interesting to share after hearing <laughs> after this. Hearing I mean, a dead body. You know, there was a stage. I did a show. Uh-huh. I had a friend who happened to be working there. Oh, that's fun. Uh, Matt Schick, you know Matt. Yeah, I know Matt. He was working the gig. Oh, was he performing? Because I know he does tech stuff too. Yeah, he was doing. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly what he was doing, but like whatever he was doing wasn't important enough for him to have to miss the show. He came up and watched the show. Oh, great. <laughs> so wherever he was, oh, they fun. put it on hold, yeah, I yeah, guess, because yeah. he did come up and watch and hang. And uh, uh, yeah, Matt and, and Emily Burton, too. I'm not sure if you know Emily, Nathan's wife. She was there working, nice. too. Yeah. Very cool. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, nothing exciting about bodies or anything. They were both very much alive, uh, as was the audience. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think I'm getting better at corporate events. I kind of am enjoying them lately. Right. You're saying some of these stages are like amazing. And you're like, I want to just perform on those stages. Not to know beautiful production on your stage, but like just the LED walls that they bring in for these are amazing sometimes. Oh yeah. So I'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah. So like I've, um, I've had the same LED wall since I've opened at link and like sound technology doesn't change that quickly, but like video technology does. Mm -hmm. So like the LED panels, don't get me wrong. They look amazing that we use. Um, but like it, on the tech side, so like from that means like from the audience perspective, they look amazing. But on the tech side, just looking at the back of it, I can tell it's old technology. Sure. Yeah. Compared to like what they look like now, you know, mm. everything becomes slimmer and sleeker and, right. you know, less messy. Um, so it's crazy to see like how far the technology is coming. I'm sure even the resolution is is better, too. Not that my eye necessarily can discern right. when I'm watching different television screens, like which right, ones right, right. are which. But um so yes i'm actually like it it inspired me to the point where i'm thinking of doing a full tech uh revamp of my show like in other words a whole revamp that the audience might not even be aware of that would take like two weeks to like load out and load in i'm thinking about doing oh yeah just to like upscale the resolution of your screens and i mean everything you can even tell from just tvs how they've progressed over the years of how much thinner and sleeker they've gotten and yeah 4k and 5k and all these crazy resolutions that are right so and it seems kind of crazy to do like to do something that no one can really see but at the same time you feel it right so like i don't know i I, i'm thinking about doing something like that in the in the coming you know months coming year to doing like a sort of a crazy tech swap and and probably you know maybe tech some new things into the show as well and you know, change up some of the design elements and the tableaus, but um, for the most part, do it for the technology. Uh, I also recently just did this. So mm-hmm. um, we did a lot of new lighting programming. Again, stuff that the audience won't necessarily notice uh, per se. Like you might know, you would probably notice things because you've seen the show a bunch of times. Right, right. Um, but there were just certain things I wanted to clean up. Like 
a pet peeve of mine is like when screens are in, but they're blank. I wanted sure. to make sure we had content on the screens at all times when they're present. Mm -hmm. um, so I added some new content for that. Um, but the, the reason I bring this up, not because any of the, the lighting intricacies are interesting, but it's just crazy. Like I spent probably 12 hours mm -hmm. at the link on one of the days. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because uh, I wanted tweaking. to be there during the programming. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So like I brought a book and like nice. I sit and I read and like pace around and then comment on things. But I also like learned how to how like the lighting board operates. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool to see all the knobs and dials and sliders. Well, and it's less foreign to me now. Like I actually yeah. I, I have like a small interest in this sort of thing and kind of understanding how how most things are working. And like I actually ran my show. I ran the cues. Oh, nice. <laughs> And like it helped me because like I, I ran a queue and I and I see the lights doing like a ballyhoo something that I wouldn't have noticed when a, a ballyhoo is when all the lights kind of go crazy in like a celebration. I was gonna ask, yeah, for really for that for, for that term specifically of what. Yeah. yeah so uh, do you it. understand it now that I've said it? Yeah, just they go like all they they kind of circle around the stage. They might go into the audience and they're yeah. just kind of like moving around in different directions to make this like cool like kind of you know, general, not general wash, but like not a general wash. Right. Just yeah. The lights um, are going around. Yeah. Yeah. You would use it for different reasons. Maybe you're searching for something in the audience. So you do like a little searchlight thing, or maybe mm -hmm. it's an end of show ballyhoo where it's just like a party. But anyway, um, I noticed one where it didn't really belong or feel right. And I mm. never knew it was there. And I was like, Oh, let's change this to that. And now it's like so much better. And like some cues I didn't know were tied to other cues. Um, now I know why this gets, you know, why this happens so quickly or, or if it takes too long, it's because it's not being triggered manually. It's because they're tied together. So we can fix that timing by separating it into two cues rather than cues that auto follow. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Am I getting too dirty? No, I like this stuff, too, because I think there's a valuable lesson here of mm. like when as a performer, it's good to know all the other, you know, tech stuff or at least a basic understanding so that when you do need to make fixes or you are looking for a certain look on stage or want to make minor tweaks, you can actually speak the same language as the person behind the board. Or, you know, in your case, it's almost like uh, that show Undercover Boss where they have to go and like work as like the lower level employee just to know the everyday minutia of what goes into their giant corporation. And I think you're doing that and learning, you know, this one element of your show that everything comes together on. And I feel like you should do this now for the audio board. You should do it for <laughs> you should, the you not should, undercover boss. You should have your brother be you in a show and you do like <laughs> the other tracks of the assistant to see what they have to go through. <laughs> uh, well, I think you and I are both, and, and I, I don't think it's just us. I think mm -hmm. magicians listening, uh, in general, I think magicians overall, like for some reason, we all tend, and I'm speaking generally here, we all kind of have a higher interest in like needing to know everything, but I think it's because we we have to kind of, we had to kind of know everything at some point, like, mm -hmm. um, in order to run your business as a magician, I feel like in music, it's a little different. Of course, the whole music industry is, um, changing constantly. Now it's like, you know, not record labels, it's TikTok, you know, right. but, um, to like be gigging as a magician, you need to kind of learn the advertising, learn a little bit about this and that. Like it's, it's not just the show, but also the business where, um, musicians and even, I guess comedians, it's almost like, you, you know, you pick up a manager sooner. Yes and no. I think I think for a lot of these, you know, to be successful and to get to a certain level, I feel like you're always wearing 
different hats. So you have to understand all aspects of the business. And then at a certain point, if you do get someone who can take over those duties, that's, you know, to your benefit. But I mean, even I, I, with see a, managers, I see a high level of it in magic. dude. I really do. Yeah. Even even when when I have managers and stuff, I always like to have a hand in things just because, you know, I want to know what's going on. And I think you're but the that's because you're yeah. you. Right. Right. But I, I, I you, do you know that there are performers that aren't that way? Yeah, they just were like, let me do the art and everything else will be everyone else's responsibility. And I guess there's a, a element to that that's, you know, you could speak to that that could work. But I don't know. You're, you're well, some are very lot. successful, right? Or yeah. are we just wrong? Are, 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 is, that, is that not true? Is every successful artist like take a broad strokes interest in like a lot of what they're doing? I don't know. I don't know that they do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm. I, I I see it more when I don't know the the ego comes into play, where it's like I just want to do the art, man. You know that whole vibe, mm. and then it's like, oh, I don't need to worry about all the other stuff, and that kind of stuff drives me crazy because again, especially those early days when you're really hustling and struggling to become an entertainer, I was like, I don't know if that ever really goes away. If this is something you really want to do and make it your living, it's going to become your passion. So I want to know every aspect of the business in order to keep that going, even once you reach higher levels, because, you know, who knows? It's showbiz. It could all go away at some point. You know, you yeah. never know. A yeah. pandemic could hit and then you got to figure this all out again sometimes, uh, mm -hmm. for example. Uh, or it can have a second wave of Omicron and you have yeah. to figure it out again. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just feel like there's this not arrogance. I mean, I, I want to be able to just be like, oh, it's only about the art. I don't need to think about anything else. But I feel like it's just too cocky in a way. Well, here, here's the lesson in way, this because right? there, be there can be arrogance in the other direction as well where you just mm -hmm. think you're good at everything. Right. And the truth is you're not – uh, a master of uh, lighting design, video design, sound engineering, performing magic or whatever it is you're performing and advertising and finances. It, you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. So there's that mistake too. I say, I guess the lesson here is to have a, 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 a balance if you can. And, and knowing, mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest thing is like knowing where your strengths are and like leaning into those and understanding w where they're not. Yeah. That's strong. That makes sense. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, Anywho, yeah, but I, I do believe that, you know, there are people even just like on the, the financial side, it's a whole different thing. Right. And there are some performers who just want to go to um, like, you know, I'm talking high level. They go to their business manager and just want to see the bottom line. They don't mm -hmm. need to understand how it got there. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. That's not me. <laughs> right. But like, I think a lot of people do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think or you don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I can't I can't relate. That's what all I'm saying. <laughs> You can relate. What do you mean? No, I can't relate to just, I'm going to just be all hands off and focus on. Well, no, aspect, but you right? have agents, you have managers. Yeah. I was your agent. Right. 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 And so. like you were fairly hands off, I would say. Uh, yes and no, but I was always hustling. I was always showing up at these conferences. I was always trying to get those. Hustling. Leads. Yes. Yeah, hustling. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting topic, nonetheless. I agree. I agree. But we should start to wrap up, Matt, because, uh, again, people want to get to their holiday if they're listening to Oh, my to God. This. Are we holding them back? 
It depends when they're listening to this. I just want to picture people are like, instead of hanging out with their families on Christmas Day, they're like, got to catch the Mind Over Magic podcast. Really see what those guys are up to. Uh, so if you're listening to us on Christmas, Merry Christmas to you. Uh, Matt, what about, uh, uh, <laughs> let's see. We had goals from a while ago. Let's get to those. You wanted to have a good holiday. So we haven't had the holiday yet. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming this goal is going to carry over. Yeah, the yeah, whoever's listening if you I I hope you have a great holiday. Uh it's uh whether you're going to be spending time with friends, family or or alone. Uh just mm-hmm. hope you have a a great holiday or a great day as it were. Yeah, and if you're spending it alone, we we're here there listening uh, hopefully you're listening to us. We're here with you in spirit. Um so that you're not truly alone. Uh we're rooting for you as well. Uh, I know holidays could be tricky for some people, so our hearts go out to you as well, if that's you. Uh, and then uh, for me, uh, do, so is your goal just to keep having a good holiday, Matt, or did you want to add anything more? Uh, no, I don't want to add anything okay. <laughs> I, I had a feeling. Uh, my goal was to focus on a corporate gig in Vegas. I would say I did that. Uh, good job. Less dead bodies in the future <laughs> for yep. more corporate gigs. Uh, I wanted to finish my holiday shopping, which I've done. So my goal for this day as we're recording is to wrap my holiday gifts. Oh, yeah. I got to wrap gifts. I might even do it when we sign off. Yeah. And, uh, and to enjoy my holiday as well. Uh, really so, hard, hard yeah. goals this week. I'll tell you what, magic wise, my goal, uh, I've been going through, you know, that drawer magicians have. Yep. Of just like we bought stuff, you threw it in a drawer. You don't really know what the instructions said. You didn't know if it was right for you at the time. It's, you're gonna come back to it later. I've been going through my drawer a bit, finding some little gems in there. So very uh, cool. Yeah, I might go. It's like almost like a surprise holiday present for me to see stuff yeah. that I already have. Um, I found a couple of neat things, so I might uh, play around with those and see if any ideas spark. So I'm it's like a trip to the that. magic shop without leaving your house. Yeah, and it, you don't have to pay for it because you've already paid for it. It's just right. A, in a drawer somewhere but it's tangible it's not like online like you know mm-hmm. b- online shopping it's like you're literally at the magic store and then you get to play with the stuff and you're like oh what does this do because i never i never opened this or <laughs> yeah I never played yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. So I've, I've been having fun with that so i might just continue looking through my magic drawer lucky maybe, you maybe you'll do the same maybe if you have some downtime well you got family in town yeah yeah no i'll probably have have to put the books away for a week and and the toys away for for most of the week because ah, so I can so gotcha. I can spend the time you know which would uh, be nice I'm really looking forward to it yeah that'll be fun uh, let's do some plugs Matt you got holiday shows too are you are you still doing shows I'm on dark? every day from now until wow. uh, I guess I'm just off New Year's Eve you're off New Year's Eve I never yeah. work New Year's Eve New Year's Eve is such a tricky night because it's a big night for entertainment but it's also a big night for drinkers that don't normally drink <laughs> well the reason i'm crowds. off is because they closed down the strip oh right so getting there would be quite a to-do so literally since i've opened i've just sort of set the precedent new year's eve is not for me yeah <laughs> i tend not to work new year's eve i've done it in the past hmm. but uh you know sometimes i'm like having the night off just to enjoy is nice. yeah 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 so. Uh, so we can check out your shows if you are in town for the holiday season. See Matt at the link. Go to Ticketmaster or Matt. If Franco. you're in town, no, 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 no. Special trip. Let's oh, go. okay. <laughs> hop in the car. Hop on the plane if you feel safe doing so, and uh, come on out. 
Absolutely. And uh, I'm doing both live in-person shows as long as we are able to uh, with this new wave of COVID, uh, but also virtual shows. So you can visit me at my website, ericdittleman.com. But Matt, there's also something else we need to plug. You teased it last time, but now it's live. What is it? I saw you in a car wash with Franz Ferrari. (laughs) Ooh, yes. I haven't seen this, but I I know because I was there. Uh, exactly. So you can check out, I'll, I'll post a link into our show notes. Uh, I believe it's just, if you look up Franz Harari's Facebook fan page, you can see Matt in doing his quick five minute interview while going through a car wash. Cause that- who doesn't want to see that? Come on now. <laughs> and Come again, on. that's my- worth a special trip. My favorite part is you in the middle of the interview going, what is happening? Why are we doing this? <laughs> why, why, are we, why are you recording me in a car wash? What is this? Uh, amazing. So uh, visit us, by the way, at our socials at MindMagicPod or our website, MindOverMagicPodcast.com, where you can email us at MindOverMagicPodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, want to write into the show, we'd love to hear from you. But more importantly, we're just here to wish you a very happy holiday. Happy so, holidays. Thank Take you so care. much for listening. We love you. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.